like Pastor Ash said, I'm Mary. It's so nice to meet you, if we haven't met yet. Um, I'm really excited to be preaching today. And really quick, before we start, thank you so much, Pastor Ashley. Would everyone please join me in honoring our pastor? Come on, what a gift she is to this house. I love how in her leadership, she came in, she became senior pastor, and she really took the time to feel and say, what do people need? And she noticed a lack of the knowledge of the spiritual gifts. And so she said, I can work with that. So we have this beautiful crafted series. So thank you so much, Pastor Ashley. We honor you today. We love you. Thank you for setting us up to win. Well, welcome to week five of Crafted. This series is all about unwrapping the spiritual gifts that God has for you. And I love the picture that Pastor Ashley got for this message. It's like God is standing in front of you with this big, gorgeous red velvet bag, and he like sets it on the ground. He's kind of like Santa in my mind, okay? He reaches into the bag, and he pulls out this beautiful gift, and it has this gorgeous ribbon on top of it, and he hands it to you. And that is the gift of salvation. Come on, it's so good. But it's just the very first gift. Are you curious to see what else is in the bag? It'd be silly to walk away, and all those other presents are untouched, unopened, especially because they're really clearly marked with your name on it. So today we're going to look at some more of those gifts. You know, when I'm buying a present for someone, I like to think about what they need. So a couple years ago for Mother's Day, I was trying to think about what my mom needed for Mother's Day. And I thought, you know what? I think I know what she needed. So we have a picture of it. Look at how cute she is. Yeah, go ahead. Clap for my mom. Oh, Texas Roadhouse. I'm there for the rolls. Okay. Um, anyway, I, <laughs> I got her that little cement frog in case you're like, what did you get her? And I know you're all looking at him. You're like, oh, wish I had one of those. <laughs> I got her one because in her garden, she has this like little deer. I used to think it was a goat, but she told me it's a deer. Its antlers had fallen off. And in place of where the antlers were are just like two little sticks. I'm pretty sure like a grandchild probably put them there. But I love that picture because I, I'm confident when I'm buying for someone and I know it's something that they need. And I hate to break it to you, but that frog is not in my mom's garden, okay? <laughs> I don't think she needs it. I think God is like that. He's conscious of your needs when he went and picked out your spiritual gifts. He had your life and your seasons and everything that you would go through, some seasons that had pain, others that are filled with joy. And he knew that you need different things depending on the season that you're in. Like Pastor Ashley said, we're looking at the last three gifts. I'm really excited. Prophecy, speaking in tongues, and interpretation. These are the speech gifts. They are spoken out loud. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12.10. To another is given prophecy. To another, various tongue. To another, interpretation of tongues. Let's start by looking at prophecy. It is speaking a message inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's for upbuilding and encouragement and consolation of others. In 1 Corinthians 14, 3, it says, But he who prophesies speaks to men for their edification, encouragement, and comfort. It's used to instruct improvement, encourage a person in their purpose, inform them of their potential in their future. Some people don't even know what their potential is, and I love that prophecy speaks to that. It's meant to communicate the heart of God, urging someone to act, encouraging them, and lifting them up. 
Prophecy is different from teaching in that teaching is prepared and prophecy is spontaneous because prophecy is a now word. It's God's revelation in the present situation to encourage. It's not just a bunch of old words in an old dusty book talking about the end times. And prophecy isn't here to condemn you. It's not to air out your dirty laundry. Why? Because God doesn't do that. Like God, it's used to encourage and edify. A prophetic word does not give any new revelation or add to God's word. Why? Because prophecy always complements God's word. It never contradicts it. Prophecy can speak to your future, to your potential that you haven't tapped into yet. When a prophetic word is spoken, it makes you go, wow, that was so amazing. Because that's what a, a prophetic word speaks to how amazing God is. He knows your thoughts, your future, your past, and he loves to communicate with you. Just like the other spiritual gifts, prophecy is given to serve people and bring glory to God. Giving a prophetic word can look like seeing a picture. It can look like having a word pop into your mind. Um, Richie came and he said when he's praying for someone and receives a prophetic word, he sees a video playing on the other side of their face. I was a little bit jealous. I'm like, Jesus, please. Give me that one. That sounds so cool. Or a prophetic word could start with just a feeling that you have. Um, so when I was 14, my family went down south and we visited a church. And that church had a, a prophetic and prayer team. And so I went into this room with three adults and my sister. And we sat down and they started to pray over us. And one person said, um, God is giving me a picture and I can see you. And you're wearing a pink tutu, which if you, anyone knew me, I hate the color pink, but besides that, he said, you have a wand and you're dancing all around, you're twirling. And I believe right now God is giving you the gift of dance. And I'll be honest, at that point, I had never danced before. I hadn't taken a class and I wouldn't classify myself as a dancer. And that week that we returned home, we went to the library and we just so happened to bump into someone from our church and she said, I'm starting a dance team. Do you want to be on it? <laughs> I'm like, it's so funny that you say that because yes, yes, I would like to be on it. It's not coincidence. God knows it. He knows it. A year later, they invited a dance studio owner to come to the church and she gave us a master class in ballet and she pulled my parents aside and said, she has a gift. If you're open to it, I'd like her to come live with me. And my parents are a little crazy. They said yes, actually. <laughs> Part of it might be because they have 10 kids, so they were like, here, go ahead, take this one. I know, but they trusted God. They chose to trust God with their kid. That's amazing, come on. So that led me to, to go to dance school for the next two years, and then I decided to come home for my senior year. And I then, when I got home, I decided to start coming to Hope Church because they had a dance program. I didn't come because I had friends here or because, I don't know, Jesus. I came because they had a dance program here. Let me just tell you, over the last 12 years, I have taught hundreds of dances to thousands of people. Come on because of all the opportunities we have dance camp, we do dances at nerve camp, events, Sunday series, my life was drastically changed by an encounter with God when I sat and I let someone use their prophetic gift to speak into my life. 
Come on, I love what it says in Psalms. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with a timbrel and harp. A prophetic word always lines up with God's word. If you receive a prophetic word and it does not line up with God's word, throw it out because it has to line up with his word. To operate in the gift of prophecy, first you need to acknowledge that this is your gift. It's got your name on it. 1 Corinthians 14, 31, it says that this gift is available to everyone. Yes, you. You can all prophesy one by one so that all may be encouraged. The next step is trusting Jesus. You accept that it's yours and you begin to trust him and speak out in faith. You might be thinking, but what if I say the wrong thing? I could say my own words and not what the Holy Spirit wants me to say. I don't want to ruin someone's life. Here's what I speak to those doubts. I trust you, Holy Spirit. I know that you want to use me to encourage the person in front of me. I will speak God's truth over them. I will speak the word, the Bible, which is truth. His word is helpful. And I will pray in agreement with the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active, come on, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and is discerning to the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Come on, make some noise for his word. His word is living and active. It's sharp. It pierces. It discerns the thoughts and intentions. I'm confident in the power of his word. And I believe that God can and will use me. He'll use you to speak his word over someone to bless them. I could say the wrong thing. I'm not God. So whenever I give a prophetic word, I start with this. I think God may be saying this. And then as I finish, I try to always end with, does that make sense? I want to create a safe place if anyone has a doubt or maybe they disagree with me so we can have a conversation. If you want to grow in this gift, read the word of God. Listen to his voice in your own life. And as you get to know his voice, you'll get to know his voice for other people around you. God wants to speak to us. It's that simple. And it can be in your own personal time. It can be sitting quietly, listening to worship music. You can also hear God corporately, like in a group setting, like, I don't know, coming to church. <laughs> nice job. You're here. We can hear God's, God's word. We can hear from God when we hear preaching, when we hear his actual word, and when we get to sing together. I love hearing from God in those close moments in worship. Come on, I love worshiping in this house. Are you thankful for our worship leaders? Come on. I love how sweetly they lead us into the presence of God. You can also hear from God when you read his word. I love what we just said. It's living and active. I also, that means we could read the same verse and God could give you something and he'd give me something different because he's a personal God and he has personal relationship with us. I was at one of our worship nights a couple months ago and I was with a friend and I really felt like I was supposed to pray for her. And my first thought was, I don't want to, okay? My next thought was, it'll probably distract other people around me. You know, we're about to leave. It could be awkward if I start praying and that ends. 
But I want to remind you, the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us, they're not to bring attention to us. They're to bring attention to God and to serve people. As we've been learning through the series, we're a vessel for the Holy Spirit. We're the instrument and the player. And I think that takes the pressure off of us. So I kept feeling like I should pray, and it kept coming to the front of my mind. And I want you to know there's going to be times when your gift is right out in front of you. You could reach out and grab it. And the Holy Spirit is so sweetly being like, hey. And I just want you to know, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. Maybe you didn't think I was going to say that. But I'm telling you because you're not crazy. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. And you're brave enough to act. You're brave enough to speak. You're brave enough to move. You're brave enough to pray. You are brave enough to say something. So I lean over to my friend, and I'm like, oh, could, I, could I pray for you? She's like, yes. I was like, okay. So I started praying, and I like to start by thanking God for how he made that person. And then while I was praying, I heard the word, enough. And this never gets old. When I'm praying for someone, I get a prophetic word. I always go, is that all? I didn't hear anything else. So I'm like, okay. We're starting there. And so I just said, enough, enough. And as I said the word, she started to cry. Now, not everybody cries when you start to pray for them. And it's okay if they do, and it's okay if they don't. But a lot of times, this like raw emotional response is a really good sign that the Holy Spirit is moving. He's going to speak to them. So I continue to pray. He is enough. God is more than enough for you. Come on. I want you to know right now, if you hear a prophetic word and you go, I want that for myself, you can reach right out and grab it. So Hope Church, do you want this word? Come on. His love is enough. His attention is enough for you. Relationship with him is enough. You might have felt, come on, you are too much or life has asked too much of you and he couldn't possibly be enough. But God says, I am enough for you. He says, I love you and I am enough. Come on. You see, only he can satisfy where you've been dying of thirst. Only he sees the broken, empty places and says, I can fill those. Let's look at Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Come on, God is your portion. He is enough for you. All right, now we're going to switch gears and look at the last two gifts, interpretation and speaking in tongues. There are two different kinds of tongues that we see the Bible talk about. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 10. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. That's the part I want to focus on. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Did you know there's different kinds? Because I did not until I read this verse. There are different uses in different seasons. So the first form we're going to talk about is used publicly to edify others and also in the church. This form of tongues is in the same category as prophecy. So it's used to build the church. It's used to help people, especially those who don't know Jesus. Let's look in Acts. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and came to rest on them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. That's a lot of different Jews. And when the, (laughs) I didn't mean that as a joke, I just meant different languages, but okay. When the sound rang out, a crowd came together in in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Astounded and amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it then that each of us hears them in his own native language? In this text, the crowd is using the gift of interpretation. Each one of them hearing their own language. I love how this gift is blowing their minds. They're like, this isn't possible. Hang on. But that's what God does. God does things that we say are impossible. Come on, he loves to blow people's minds. This gift would be an operation if you were a missionary, maybe in another country like China, and you needed to speak Mandarin. I don't know Mandarin. God could give you the ability in a moment to help the people get to know Jesus and to tell them about God's love. Again, gifts are used to serve people and glorify God. Now, most of the times, missionaries, they study languages. So this gift is an operation in a moment when God knows that you need it, just like we talked about before. He gives you the right gift in the right season. So most of us won't operate in this public form of tongues because we live in America and we don't need it to speak to our friends and families about Jesus. Let's move on. So the most common form of tongues indicates the initial filling of the Holy Spirit. When we trust in Jesus and are saved, there's another experience that God wants for us and that's called being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Pastor Ashley talked about it last week. It's the difference between drinking from a glass of water and jumping into a swimming pool. The baptism of the Spirit is available to everyone who wants to receive it. It's a gift that you can choose to receive, and it also makes the other gifts available. The first indication of the baptism is speaking in tongues. For some people, that means they're going to get a whole prayer language. For others, they might just get a few words, and some people just start off with one syllable. But it's God's spirit filling you so much that speech bubbles up out of you. Come on. The Bible talks about it being a private language between you and God. No one else is going to understand it. They call it it a heavenly language. I like to think it's kind of like a secret code between you and God. I love when Richie came this last week. Make some noise if you received something. It was so good. I hadn't thought about it this way before, and he said, he's like, when you go to speak in tongues, the, the devil, the enemy, he can't understand you. So it's like your direct access to God, and the enemy can't use it to like sneak up on you or anything. I, I, I loved that. The enemy can't understand it, and when you go to God asking for help and use your prayer language, he comes on it, and he hears you, and nobody else can. Speaking in tongues is kind of like Morse code. When I first started speaking in tongues, I was at a youth event. Real quick, shout out to Hope Youth. Where my teens at? Nice. It's super fun. If your teens don't go, they should totally check it out. They would love it. Okay, so I was at a youth event. I was with my friends, and um, someone came and spoke to us about speaking in tongues, and we got up and we went forward to receive it. And we went up. I raised my hands. I was like, I'm ready to receive. And I closed my eyes. Then nothing nothing happened. I didn't feel anything. There was, there was no mighty rushing wind or tongues of fire. That's okay. 
Um, and I just thought, I don't know if I'm, am I doing this wrong? So I opened my eyes, I'm like looking at the other people and some of my friends had started to speak in tongues. So I just tried harder <laughs> to receive the Holy Spirit. And then I did this in my heart. I said, I believe that this gift is for me. I'm not just going to sit here and let it pass me by. So in faith, I stepped out and I just started to speak. Just a couple syllables, sounds. Come on. It's good. Go ahead. Just a couple syllables. And when I first began to speak, I felt really silly. Ridiculous, actually. And I just thought, it's like any other relationship. When you first start to communicate, there can be, I think there can be awkwardness. You're just getting to know the Holy Spirit, but the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to be speaking to him in this way. There was a season when I decided I wanted to become more comfortable. So every single day, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to speak in tongues. And there were moments where I was like, I have run out of things to say. And I just like sat with the Holy Spirit quietly and then I would start again it was relational work that I was doing with the Holy Spirit and I was so glad that I did it let's look at Proverbs 3 5 trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding I picture the word lean in this verse like a baby that hasn't walked on his own yet up until this point walking seems impossible he's never done it Maybe it's just a thing that everybody else does. Maybe you're thinking right now, that's good for you, Mary, happy for you. Um, but it's not for me. I don't mean it in a mean way, but like, if you're thinking that right now, I just want to give you permission to let that go and trust beyond your own experience and make a choice to take your hand off the coffee table and take your first step. In that moment, I didn't understand, but I was willing to trust God above what I understood. Let's look at Romans together. And he, God, who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The whole, I love this part. The Holy Spirit takes our babbling, and he finesses it into a conversation that perfectly lines up with the will of God. You literally could have not, you couldn't say it better yourself. I love that. Let's look at this verse. For he who speaks in tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, this, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. You're not speaking for others. You're not speaking because there's someone standing next to you. You're speaking to God and it's for God to understand, not us. You see, God is outside of space and time, and he's not looking for you to pray for five hours. He's not. But you could start with five minutes. It could be really simple. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for blessing me. You can talk to him all throughout your day, and you can pause and let him speak back. When you take these moments God could even reveal to you maybe a hurt place that you haven't ever dealt with. And you can talk to him about it. You could start your day talking to him. He's with you all of the time in your car, in the bathroom, at work. I don't know, when you're on TikTok, he's with you, okay? And it doesn't have to be some big fancy prayer like, oh Lord God and merciful Father. Sorry, like long prayer and then like 
Amen. He's like, I love, I've had some of the funniest conversations with God. Okay, can I just say, I'm like, I'm like, did you hear what she said to me? He's like, yeah, I did. What are you going to do about it? I love having conversations like that with him. They're like off the cuff. And I'm like, I, you're my best friend. I love relating with you. Come on. Come on. In Romans 8, 26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. You don't have to know what to say when you talk to God. I love speaking in tongues because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm feeling right now, and I'll speak in tongues because I know that the Holy Spirit is interceding for me. When we speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit steps in and he intercedes with us. We don't need the right words. Turns out we don't even need actual words when we talk to God. The Holy Spirit will craft what you're saying to be in perfect alignment with his will. At the University of Pennsylvania, they conducted a study where they took scans of people's brains while they were speaking in tongues. I don't know why it almost sounds kind of creepy to me, but cool. And I saw this picture and I wanted to show it to you guys. So on the left, you can see it says singing gospel songs. So that was like normal activity where people were singing. On the right is where they're speaking in tongues. So the whole study said they didn't expect it to happen, but the frontal lobe of the person's brain, which is responsible for language, went dark. I got so excited when I read this because this science lines up with what God's word says. In Acts 2, 4, it says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So in the Greek, this phrase, filled with, means to fill, complete, influence, supply. And enabled means to offer and give. They, you're supplied. You are given when you speak in tongues. You're not, you're receiving from him. The gift of tongues isn't you performing. It's not creating. You're not working and making up words, trying to do something. This gift is for you to receive from the Holy Spirit. And he can fill you where you have maybe always felt empty. He can complete where you have experienced lack. He wants to influence you where you have felt unsure and you've been looking for counsel. Have you guys ever seen the movie Tuck Everlasting? It's a real classic. Okay, <laughs> one person goes, yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> There's this scene in the movie where like the boy and girl, like the love interest, they're like, they're like out in the woods by this like waterfall. It's like really beautiful and romantic. And the guy's like, I'm gonna jump in. So he jumps into the water and he's like swimming and he's like, come on. And the girl's like, here's the thing, I can't swim. She's like super nervous. And so he calls to her, come on, jump in. I'll catch you. I got you. So she hesitantly stands up on the rock and she jumps into the water. And then she's like, okay, she's panicking for a minute, honestly. And I think that's also relatable to us. But then he holds her in the water and she calms down and he says really sweetly, we're carrying you the water in me. And I love this picture because I think God is the same way. He calls to us. He says, come on, you can jump in. I'll catch you. You can relax. I'll carry you. You can trust me. I've got you. When you make a choice to trust God and jump into a personal relationship with him, 
He'll encourage you. He says, I'll give you power. He can heal you because God is the most loving and most powerful and most amazing person that you can be in relationship to. Come on. He is faithful. His love is steadfast. It's unlike anything you've ever experienced. And he created you. And he gave you free will. And he knew that we were going to mess up in the Garden of Eden. And that when we messed up, the Spirit of God couldn't live with us anymore because of the sin on our insides. So he sent his beloved son, Jesus, a part of himself to cleanse us from our sin problem. And when we trust in Jesus, it cleans us out. It makes it possible for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us 